And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, finally, the 49ers looked like... Might I say the 2019 49ers as far as offense goes? They, I think they look like the 2019 49ers offensively again. They beat the Bears 33-22. Now, defense is a different story. Might have been more like the 2018 49ers the way that they're missing Justin Fields on uh, especially that one long touchdown run. But the story of this game was the fact that the 49ers offense won the arm wrestling match and they imposed their will down the stretch especially with Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell leading the way. The 49ers had a 300-yard passer in Jimmy Garoppolo playing back in front of family and friends in his native Chicago. They had a 170-yard receiver in Debo Samuel, and they had a 100-plus-yard rusher in Elijah Mitchell. Just fantastically balanced offensively. And this came even after a slow start. This was a top-10 Chicago defense that the 49ers poured 33 points on after a slow start. Impressive stuff indeed. And Matt, um, if the 49ers are going to be able to carry this forward, uh, offense is going to be a huge part of this because the defense is not the 2019 defense. It wasn't the 2019 defense today, but the offense showed that that it was top flight with the way that it delivered at Soldier Field. Yeah, and we, we've talked about rhythm with this unit, this offensive unit, and the fact that they just couldn't find it for any sustained uh, periods in the first uh, seven weeks. Well, they found it in the second half. The The first half was, was up and down. As normal, but uh, I think that uh, that big play to Debo Samuel early in the third quarter, third and 19, the ball was thrown, I don't know, four or five yards behind the line of scrimmage, and uh, Debo Samuel takes it all the way down to, to the one-yard line. That seemed to knock them into a rhythm. And then, Dennis, I thought the play of the game was really that, that five-yard touchdown by, uh, by Elijah Mitchell. Everybody got in on it. Uh, the, it was sort of a, what I described it in my story as a slow motion touchdown. It started at the five and then slowly sort of like a, uh, like a haystack uh, worked its way into the end zone. But um, not so much the, the touchdown, but that everybody was contributing and everybody seemed to be having fun on that play. It, was, it, was, uh, it, it reminded me of uh, Nick Bosa sliding across his belly in Washington. It reminded me of the Bosa play against Carolina where he uh, tipped a ball and intercepted it. It was a, a fun play that seemed to kind of get everybody going, get the electricity going again. It was one that uh, all these guys were talking about after the game. Yeah, that was a great touchdown. And it talk about a, a team touchdown as everyone's pushing that pile. It must have gone five yards uh, into the end zone. Everyone just pushing Elijah Mitchell into the end zone, and but I, I think the play of the game was that Debo, that that smoke screen or or uh, that that little out pass to him where he just took it. He made one move, and he was eighty five or whatever it was, eighty three yards down the field. I think that's what kind of got the team really fired up, and they were like, "Hey, listen, 
we might have a chance to win this football game. And, you know, but it, it was just good play. I mean, like you said, the first half was kind of tough to watch. The defense, for some reason, a lot of it, it seemed like a lot of run yards. But, uh, you know, looking at the box score, it really wasn't. But it really seemed like they had a problem. I think, I think uh, you know, the quarterback probably had his best football game uh, against the 49ers today. But uh, in the second half, they really kind of locked it down. And, and you know, and guys made plays. And I, I think that's what it comes down to is making plays at crucial times in the football game. And I think guys just kind of stepped up. I think Nick Bosa took over the football game. Uh, uh, disrupt, disrupted the, uh, the the Bears' offense. So I think it's I, I, I think I think it's an all around win. I mean, I, I'm gonna try to stay positive. There are some things you have to work on, inconsistencies. You got to work on it. But yeah, it, it was a win, and to get a win in the NFL on the road, and it's obvious the 49ers play better on the road. But uh, just to come home with the win, you know, after flying across the country, I mean, it, it, it's huge. I think it's a huge for this team. And I'm hearing, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was on the sidelines. He was, you know, he was he was holding court. John Lynch spoke uh, last night to the team. So, you know, hopefully, you know, this is a point where you can kind of build on some stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and move on with the rest of the season and, you know, start stacking some wins. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, it starts with one, and it has to start with one. And the 49ers went out and did that today. Usually when you're trying to get off the schneid like the 49ers did, it's not going to be perfect, right? You don't just come out there, light the world on fire like the 49ers did several times when they were an undefeated team in, in 2019. You know, you guys mentioned the Carolina game. That was a tour de force where they put up 50 points and the defense is running back interceptions and just swallowing the quarterback. No, I mean, the 49ers had lost four straight games because they're a flawed team. That's that's the truth of it. So if you're a flawed team, you're not just going to become an elite team overnight and and go and, you know, blow out uh, a, a decent team that has, you know, the Chicago Bears play defense, right? Uh, Justin Fields had really struggled. They completely changed up the game plan with him. We can get to that in, in a little bit, but still – 49ers were playing a team with a pulse, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, given the fact the 49ers had really struggled offensively uh, during this four-game losing streak, we knew that it might be like pulling teeth to get something going, to get started, and indeed was. We saw several of the mistakes that had put the 49ers in this bind in the first place recur throughout the first half, right? Drops. The 49ers are now one shy of the NFL lead in drops because Debo Samuel and Mohamed Sanu couldn't catch some key passes from Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw penalties at very inopportune times, but the 49ers behind the eight ball offensively. But 
They managed to score those nine points in the first half. You have to give Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel a lot of credit on that deep ball right before halftime that set up a field goal to, you know, I think set the table for a more explosive second half. And then, even though some of those issues kept on repeating themselves, another penalty put the 49ers in a third and 19. You have to give the 49ers credit, and especially Debo Samuel credit, for manning up making a play and getting the 49ers out from underneath the eight ball, right? 83 yards later, Jimmy Garoppolo then does his part by scoring a touchdown. But after all that, the 49ers were never in a position of failure again. They didn't commit penalties offensively. They played downhill the rest of the game, and they found their rhythm thanks to that jolt of energy. Players have to make plays. The 49ers did it, and even though it was tough sledding, they found a way to turn the ship around. Now the key, Matt, is to make sure that that ship remains sailing in the correct direction. And we should note that Debo Samuel was dealing with a calf injury heading into this game. You, you might have seen him on TV with a trainer working on his uh, his right calf in the second half there. So, I mean, that's what we were talking about in the run-up to this game. We were talking about, okay, who's going to step up for this team? Yeah, Who's going to announce that I'm going to lead this team I'm going to provide some energy, and I think Samuel did that. And listening to Nick Bosha afterwards, it sounds like the uh, the offensive line was resolved to change things as well. He was saying that that group uh, kind of came together during the week and decided, okay, we're, we're better than we've been showing on film. We need to be sort of the, the foundation for this turnaround, and, and they were. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't—not only was Jimmy Garoppolo not sacked, he wasn't hit at all during this game. And, and I know Khalil Mack uh, wasn't out there, and that's a, a big part of it, but it was still a, a solid uh, Bears defense with some solid players along that defensive line. And uh, the the offensive line started to take over, and I thought the left side of that line uh, was good all game. That, that Debo Samuel catch and run, left side. Most of those uh, those long Elijah Mitchell runs left side with, with Trent Williams making a key block five yards downfield. Uh, Charlie Warner was making key blocks. Kyle Juszczyk probably had the best game of the season from a blocking standpoint, especially on those stretch zone runs. He was, he was out there making uh, sort of uh, point of contact uh, plays uh, throughout. And, and Mitchell, to his credit, really followed those blocks well. Just sort of uh, did a great job of, of reading them, of meandering down the field, picking up 15, 20, 22, 15, 12. I mean, th- that's what the Kyle Shanahan offense is all about. And I think it really started today with that offensive line. Yeah. And they were, there were some pancake blocks. And, you know, Charlie Warner, he's turned into a really good inline blocker as far as the tight end goes. And, you know, uh, Juice was knocking him off, knocking him off the line of scrimmage. And Elijah, I mean, for a six-round draft pick, I mean, he just looks fantastic. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, this is back-to-back hundred-yard games or games for him. So he is he is running the rock. And and you said it, guys stepping up. Debo, somebody during the game, Tim Ryan said something about Debo. He's on. He's got more yards than Jerry Rice. You know, game coming into you know seven games into the season here than Jerry Rice. So. I mean, he's playing phenomenal football and, you know, dealing with some some nagging, nagging injuries, but still he's part of the explosives. And, and you look at this offensive line and I mean, they we give them a lot of stuff, but, uh, you know, they came to play today. And then even Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, you know, he started off slow. He was a little 
little off with his throws, but still, again, players make plays, and it was time to make plays. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo was that guy that was making the plays, you know, two rushing touchdowns. So, you know, I, I mean, this is what you like to see. Uh, now, now, how do you build on it? You know, you have an opportunity. Now you got a division game. You got back-to-back division divisional games. What are you going to do to build on this? I mean, are you going to you going to look at it and say, hey, you know, we beat not a very good Bears team? Or are you going to say we're a pretty good football team if we execute? So, and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't throw a pick today. You know, the 49ers win the turnover game. Uh, and when you win a turnover game, you usually win football games. So, you know, it, it's a positive thing. But now, how do you build on it moving forward? As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I think the 49ers today really demonstrated that it's about them, right? They have right. enough talent on this team to make it about them. Back in 2017 and 2018, uh, maybe after Garoppolo came over in 2017 and was playing really well. But uh, for the most part, it, it was not always about the 49ers. I mean, if the other team who had more talent came in and actually executed to their standard, the 49ers would probably lose. But, uh, I mean, it's been lost in all this noise because so many people have been so quick to jump on the bandwagon. Oh, th- th- they, they don't have any talent anymore. They should punt for 2022. They should just give up right now and start focusing on next season. And that never made any sense to me because w- we'd been talking for over you know a year or two now about how talented this 49ers roster was. It's not all that different from the 2019 roster. Uh, so you can't just sit back and say, well, oh, similar collection of players went nearly all the way, now all of a sudden the 49ers don't have enough talent to do anything. No, I, I think it's been clear, to me at least, and I think to us talking on this podcast, that the 49ers were just underperforming relative to the talent. And I think that today's game, you know, if you want to extrapolate more from it, I think it illustrated that the 49ers are a team that when they execute, when they play a game on their terms according to their blueprint, they're going to have a really good chance to win the game. Right, It doesn't matter if you're playing uh, a Bears team that I think is a little challenged offensively, but obviously good defensively. And hey, this this might have been a, a little bit of a breakthrough for Justin Fields, who didn't do as much to, to, to hurt his team as he had done in games before. In fact, I thought he was a net positive for the Bears, especially with that spectacular touchdown run. But it doesn't matter if it's the Bears or the Cardinals who will come in next week to Levi Stadium probably without Kyler Murray and with Colt McCoy as their quarterback, or, or a team like the Rams, right, who the 49ers have seen a lot of success against in recent years. Um, 
no, regardless of the opponent, I think the 49ers are talented enough to win games if they play according to their blueprint. And today we saw that blueprint, at least on the offensive side of the ball, right? Uh, Matt, you're talking about Elijah Mitchell. You look at the advanced stats today, the rushing yards over expectation. He led all NFL running backs, according to the tracking data, averaging over three yards more per carry than expected on his runs. I mean, that's something the 49ers have lacked since the third play of the season when Raheem Mostert went down. This offense needs an outside zone runner to be able to hit those small creases, stretch the field, and set everything else up. They had it today. It worked in perfect conjunction with a confident Jimmy Garoppolo who was operating behind good pass protection. And they also had more than one receiver get stuff done. I mean, you had Brandon Ayuk, a big off-schedule catch. He caught the big two-point conversion. Uh, Mohamed Sunu dropped a tough pass early, but he also delivered a couple big catches for the 49ers later on in the game. And a Shanahan offense needs to be balanced both through the outside zone and the quarterback play, but it also needs to be balanced through its distribution down the field. And the 49ers took a big step in the direction of imprinting their own stamp on football games, which I think is the key for this team moving forward. Yeah, and that would be um, you know sort of a, a bonus win to, to go on top of this victory. If this were the game that Brandon Ayuk really started to, to get rolling again, and um, he, I think he did start to. There, there was some confidence. Like I, like I said about that five-yard uh, Mitchell touchdown, there was some, some happiness. It was, it was a fun game, a fun win for this team, and uh, you could see it on, on Brandon Ayuk's face. There was a little bit of relief there. Uh, and maybe going forward that uh, that continues. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Kyler Murray perhaps being out for this game um, coming up. No J.J. Watt either. And then on the other side, it, it looks as if, you know, we don't want to say this with the 49ers because they're so snake bit with injuries, but it looks as if George Kittle is going to be back for this game, and he wasn't there for the earlier game against the Cardinals. So, um, that sort of adds to this uh, this idea this uh, idea of uh, of momentum that they can build coming out of Chicago and um, and Dennis uh, it, this is this is the right time for it I mean the 49ers can't afford any more losses but uh, they are hitting this this critical two game stretch against division teams and we talked about this a few days ago that you know maybe maybe the luck starts to turn and the 49ers uh, luck injury luck starts to go in their favor and some of these teams like the Cardinals are are starting to get a little nicked up going into this middle stretch of the season. Yeah, and I don't know what the injury report was today. I think Jimmy Ward might have got banged up a little bit, yeah. but yeah, this is this is the time. I mean, this is this is the the meat now and you have divisional games Somehow you got to start stacking some wins, uh, and we it would have been a different conversation. This is why this game was so so important because if if they weren't able to beat the Bears today, and then you go into you know this gauntlet of these these two teams, these two really good football teams in your division, um, it, it would have been a different a different podcast tonight. But you get the win, and that's why I say you you got to build on it. You know you got you got to figure out you got to figure out your run game. You know, how's, how's that interior D-line going to get off blocks and be able to allow, you know, your linebackers to flow a little bit more and make more plays at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield? Uh, you know, you, you didn't have any PIs today. I mean, you continue to get better in your secondary. And then, you know, get some more consist- consistency on your offense. You know, you, you know, you know the recipe that's going to help you win football games. Don't turn the ball over. 
uh, get the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, get it to Debo. But even with Debo, think about this receiving. I mean, if Brandon Ayuk's going to finally come out of his shell and have, you know, this his his second year like we all expected him to do, uh, this is a pretty good receiving crew with Mohamed's new veteran uh, receiver there. you got some good receivers. Establish your run game uh, and then let Jimmy Garoppolo kind of manage football games. Get the ball into his receiver's hands and let these big explosive plays happen. So, I mean, you know the recipe. You know, you know kind of what you need to work on, but you also know, you know, kind of what you're facing right now. You got to stack some wins. You got to win some games in your division if you want to stay in the hunt. So this is, I mean, this was a super important game. I know no one likes to say must win. I thought this was a must win game. And they went out and did exactly that. Now build on that and move forward. And you got two divisional games. So I think this game was super important. Well, it wasn't a mathematical must win, but I totally agree with you, Dennis. Uh, we were around the team. We're around the coaches. We could sense moods. We know that these guys are humans. And just given the different storylines around the 49ers different given the different personnel machinations around the 49ers I mean the biggest one being the fact that they drafted Trey Lance number three overall but they still don't think that he's ready for full-time duty and and the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo was struggling on top of that four straight losses you you really didn't have to be a savant you know to sense that the 49ers really needed to win this football game from a psychological perspective Jimmy Garoppolo coming home really needed to to rediscover that efficiency so that the 49ers would get some wind at their sails, would start playing more cohesively. We talked so much about the energy boost that they needed. They needed to get it from somewhere. They ended up getting it from Debo Samuel and Jimmy Garoppolo in his homecoming. And uh, because of that, Kyle Shanahan was a human again in his postgame presser. You know, he wasn't morose, quiet. I didn't have to strain to hear him. He actually cracked a few smiles. He laughed. He talked louder. That's the type of energy that the 49ers obviously had in the postgame locker room. A, a couple videos have already come out, I think, on the 49ers' Twitter. You saw Shanahan with that energy. We didn't see those videos in the last four weeks because the 49ers lost all those games. But I would venture to say that that energy wasn't really there based on what I saw from Kyle Shanahan in the postgame press conference. And therein lies the catch-22 behind all of this, right? Usually you only can get that kind of energy if you're winning, but the more that you lose the more you go into that low energy place. So you need a stopper. You need a game where you turn it around up on its head and you pump that energy in yourself. And you got to manufacture it at first. It's like pushing a car. You know, the very start of that push is going to be hard. But as you get more momentum, that car is going to start to roll faster. So the 49ers got their initial push today. And as Dennis said, they got to get that, keep on pushing. They got to get that momentum rolling. They got to get that car rolling a little bit faster. But but to me, Shanahan's demeanor said it all today. The players' demeanor said it all today. They finally have that win so they could start building on that moving forward. And Matt, next week, if Kyler Murray is not playing for Arizona, what a golden opportunity for the 49ers at home. Yeah, and here, here's another reason why this was a, a must-win today because Justin Fields did not look like the, the bumbling rookie that we were expecting in this game. He looked awfully good uh, throughout most of it. And, and obviously the, the game plan was, was, was pretty curtailed uh, for a rookie. But the contrast between him starting and looking pretty competent, I mean, and, and spectacular at times. I mean, the, the, the touchdown throw where he escapes to his left, throws on the run, that was just a, a wonderful throw. 
And then he has the the spin away from, I don't know how many 49ers touchdown, but he looked really good. And so if, if the 49ers had lost this game and Trey Lance is sitting on the bench, um, no thought to bring him in in this game at all because maybe he's still a little bit injured coming out of that Cardinals win. Uh, but I, I think that would have been really tough. And to, to uh, David's point, we would have gotten really uh, sullen uh, Shanahan for the next uh, few days every time he appeared in front of a, a microphone. So it's it's important for a lot of reasons. But Dennis, I wanted to ask you about that that defensive effort. Um, you mentioned Nick Bosa looking really good. He had two sacks today. I didn't think he did a, a terrific job all the time in, in keeping uh, fields contained, but that seems to be a, a 49ers thing. They just, they just don't do that well. Uh, but uh, what did you think about the rest of the defensive line I thought uh, Ebucom finally showed up at the end there, and it seems like they really need that other bookend on the other side of that line from Bosa in order to really make a mark on defense. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I focused on the box, uh, you know, that front seven. And, you know, the first thing that shot out to me was, you know, it, it, it looks a little weak in the middle. And these are things, not, not to be negative, we want to stay positive tonight, but these are things you got to work on because it, it is on tape. And, you know, teams are going to attack that middle if you have your Eric Armstead was in the middle uh, today, you know, DJ Jones, Givens. So, you know, they got to get off blocks uh, and, and you also got to absorb some of these double teams. So your linebackers won't or, or kind of have the ability to kind of flow and get up in some of these gaps because the middle looked a little soft. And on the outside, you know, Nick Bosa, he was getting chipped a lot. You know, that helps the quarterback get outside a little bit. But he's a guy that, you know, like Nick Bosa, he's he's going to rush upfield and try to run that hump and that wide nine. So there's going to be a run lane there. So that's going to be guys in the middle, again, that kind of have to cover those lanes, be real disciplined in their pass rush lanes. So that's why I think the 49ers have such a such an issue with quarterbacks getting outside. First, it's going to be the chip, a tight end coming down and chipping or a back chipping. And then you, you're kind of so wide out there and you're getting up to feel so fast because, you know, Nick Bosa, which I think Nick Bosa had a great game. I think, you know, he he moved to the other side. Uh, he got a lot of rushes, you know, on that left side of the line. But, you know, he's up to feel so fast that it opens up that gap a little bit. And like you said, Justin Fields probably had his best game as a pro against his 49ers defense is because, you know, the rush lanes, you know, you're not disciplined in your rush lanes. And, and that's another thing. I mean, he's getting the reps. I mean, he's going to get better. And you know, he's a he's a tremendous athlete. He's got a strong arm. You know, he's played at a high level. So he's getting the reps. And, and you know, this is what, you know, the dilemma with Trey Lance is, you know, Justin Fields is going to get better because he's getting reps and more reps and more reps. He's going to it's just going to it's going to happen. He's just going to get better. And he looked really good today. But there's some things that the 49ers have to work on as far as their defensive front. I mean, that's why you miss a big body like a Javon Kinlaw. Because he's going to hold a double team. You know, guards and tackles won't be able to go on to the next level because he's such a big body as you try to move him out the way. So you just got to get better in the middle. You got to disengage. Uh, you have to you have to split some of those double teams at some time, which DJ Jones did a few times today, and make some plays in the back four. At least make the running back run the hump. So there's always things to work on. But again, you get a win. You watch the tape. You understand what other teams are seeing, how what they're going to try to exploit, and it's going to be the middle of the football field, especially in the run game. Glad that you brought up Ken Law because 
Uh, obviously, the 49ers aren't going to have him anymore this season. Just underwent season-ending knee surgery. They brought him in because they really needed that body in the middle. They thought they could probably even upgrade against the run versus what they were getting from DeForest Buckner. They, I think everybody realized it wasn't going to be an upgrade pass rush-wise. Problem is that Kinlaw hasn't really been healthily available as much as that they've they've wanted him to be and now he's going to be on the shelf for the rest of this season so you know I like to look at stuff in kind of championship perspective obviously this team's goal is to go a long way and and that's the reason we talk so much about 2019 because that that's a measuring stick right and one thing that the 49ers don't have now that they definitely had in 2019 is, is DeForest Buckner that yeah. you know strong interior presence and with Kinlaw now out they're not going to have anything approximating that at least when it comes to stopping the run so at some fundamental level right that they're they're not going to be as good uh, they're not going to be as overpowering defensively. And that's where what Dennis is saying is so important. Uh, the 49ers have to find out a way to get creative defensively. Guys have to win those battles. Guys have to get better, like like DJ Jones, Eric Armstead when he lines up inside. They have to get better. But, but there is going to be a ceiling there just because you need top-tier players to do top-tier things in the NFL. And there is no Buckner. And, you know, obviously the 49ers hope that Kinlaw would be top-tier at at least something – uh, given where they drafted him, but but he's not going to be available at all. So you're not going to get anything from that. And because of that, that the resulting slack that that I think we see the 49ers giving defensively right now, they're not overpowering by any stretch of the imagination. Because of that, uh, it, it's going to be incumbent on this offense to to really drive this team, in my opinion, especially when they're playing these mobile quarterbacks. And in that big picture outlook, I think. Um, today's performance, not only from Mitchell, not only from Garoppolo, not only from Samuel, but also from the 49ers offensive line, Matt, was huge. Uh, no Khalil Mack for the Bears. We, we can't forget that. But, I mean, Akeem Hicks is still on that defensive line. Uh, Robert Quinn is still on that defensive line. It, it's that, that was a good defense, and the 49ers stonewalled them in pass protection and were just all over the place in, in run blocking in a good way. Alex Mack, I, I know it was technically a pass, but Alex Mack was 20 yards out in front of uh, Debo Samuel to start that screen pass, the 83-yarder. I mean, the 49ers offensive line showed up to play, and if these pass protection issues are as fixed as they seem to me, that's been one of the strong suits for the 49ers early in this season, the, the offense can go to another level relative to where it was before. And I think today was a taste of that. And the 49ers are going to need that if they're going to compete for a wild card spot or, or for the NFC West. Yeah, I, I remember uh, talking about this and, and asking Dennis about leadership last week. And uh, I followed that up, Dennis, by, by talking to Tom Rathman as well about some of those teams that you guys were both on, late 80s, uh, 90s teams. And, uh, you know, I, I, I asked him about the, the leaders and the guys who would get in your face and the guys who would bring energy. And, um, you know, both of you guys uh, mentioned a lot of offensive linemen. Dennis mentioned a lot of defensive linemen, too. But, I mean, Kevin Fagan was a name that came up. Um, uh, Guy McIntyre, Harris Barton, um, some of these guys weren't weren't star players, but uh, they were more rank and file guys. But that's that's usually a position group where you see your leadership. 
And uh, I, I think we started to see that today. It deserves more exploration this week. It was Nick Bosa, a defensive lineman, who, who commented on the, uh, the offensive line's uh, sort of resurgence and, like I said, resolve. They resolve themselves to, to be better in this game. And, and you saw that. And that's why I think that, that, that five-yard run by Mitchell I keep going back to was, was so important. On that play, you know, Mitchell keeps his legs churning for sure. Uh, but it's really three offensive linemen who just kind of burrow in there. And it's Lake and Tomlinson, it's Mack, and it's uh, Mike McGlinchey on the right side. And all three, three of those guys stick with it the whole time and uh, put their head down and keep their, their legs churning. And they push that, that clod of players into the, uh, into the end zone. And um, I, I think that's something that, that they can build on. But uh, I think it's really good that uh, that offensive line was sort of at the start of what could be this resurgence. I think we'd all love to see, you know, some defensive linemen not named Nick Bosa. He's already been there, start to join that group as well. But uh, the, the O-line showed up uh, in today's game. Yeah, it wasn't that a beautiful sight, though, just seeing, you know, just pushing, you know, five, six, five yards into the into the end zone. I mean, I don't like offensive linemen. But, you know, they, they are kind of the, the heart of the team because those, those are the guys in defensive linemen. But those, those offensive linemen, I mean, it, you got to play as a unit as an offensive lineman. And I, I, just think of, I just think of Jesse Sapolo and Guy McIntyre, Steve Wallace, Bubba Paris, you know, Harris Barton. Those guys were the heart of the football team. I mean, they, you know, they, they, they set the tone. I mean, and we always, and, you know, and Tom, you know, you, you, you talking to Tom, I mean, they always set the tone, even in practice. I mean, we knew what kind of practice it was going to be by that offensive line, you know, it, during our drills, uh, seven on seven drills or our one on one pass rush drills. They always set the tone because, you know, it, it's up to them. I mean, that they, they kind of, you know, in, in, in the trenches, they kind of set the tone there. And and I, you know, Dave, you were there. I don't know if you saw. I heard that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of pulled the offense to the side on the sidelines and he was kind of holding court there. I just wonder what he said. And that's what you need. I mean, you need your leaders, your captains, you know, someone who, you know, who, who everyone's kind of looking at to kind of, kind of step up and be that leader. And I just wonder what Jimmy Garoppolo said to that or what part, what part of the game that was when he pulled the whole offense and, and said something to the offense, because, you know, that Debo run, I think changed the momentum, but something happened to that team in the second half when, they got some confidence. They got something where it looked like that old 49ers team of, of, of 2019. Well, this is why I hate not having the open locker room access because that's absolutely something that we'd be able to get. I'd, I'd be asking around about that galore, you know, around the whole room. Unfortunately, the guys only come up to the podium and they said, oh, yeah, he was just talking about some logistics, uh, you know, some snap count stuff, was whatever. I, I, I saw the the fieriness from Garoppolo, which we saw a lot of that in, in 2017, right? There's videos of him mic'd up leading the team down the field against the Titans uh, that year in the two-minute drill. And everybody back then was saying, oh, my God, it's baby Tom Brady. Look at his leadership. Look at how he's galvanizing the troops. And, uh, you know, I think that we really have seen – this is not just a Shanahan erosion of confidence when the 49ers were losing it. it, it Garoppolo, I think – it didn't have that same presence just to the naked eye uh, around his teammates. And that's just a byproduct of losing. I mean, you're only credible out there if you're, if you're winning games, right? So uh, today, it, it, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. The 49ers had a f- 
fake it till they made it a little bit, right? They had to have their their stars, their big players come out and create that energy, create that leadership, create that, you know, at least an illusion of success, and then they would learn how to be successful again. And I think that was what Jimmy Garoppolo was all about today. He was upset after one of the early drops. I, I don't know if he was shouting down at, at Samuel or Sanu early in the game, but he, or, or Jawan Jennings, I think. I think J- Jimmy was, was upset that Jawan Jennings ran some kind of incorrect route or the timing wasn't right, and, and he let him hear it. Not, not in a way that was showing Jawan Jennings up, but you could tell that Jimmy wanted to really take ownership of what the offense was doing, and he was making sure that uh, individual receivers were all on the same page because a lack of cohesion has been the culprit for the 49ers since the quarterback's job to make sure everybody is acting in cohesion on the play. So that was the first time I noticed, you know, a little extra emotion from Garoppolo. And then, of course, uh, it was on the sideline. And we don't know exactly what he said because we weren't in the locker room today. But uh, it, it was there for sure. And maybe, you know, the details of that will come out here over the next few days. But uh, it, it did remind me of the confident demeanor that he showed earlier in his 49ers career when things were going better. And, uh, you know, they say that winning is the best deodorant, Matt. And I think the 49ers just put on some deodorant today. They got to make sure they don't smell starting next week again. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a tough follow-up uh, from, from that one. But um, I, I agree with you about Garoppolo. I mean, we, we saw him chucking the ball into the stands after one of his, his TDs. And, you know, the, the 49ers, I think, benefited big time from, from timing. I mean, the Jimmy Garoppolo was going back to his hometown today. And um, he commented on that, uh, landing at the airport and just kind of being familiar with the surroundings and the uplift, the little extra boost of energy that that provides. And he said he had you know, more than 100 uh, friends and, and family in the stands. There, there, Jimmy Garoppolo had a little bit more for this game. And, and you're absolutely right. Um, they, they needed that. Uh, they needed to sustain that, that first half. And then, obviously, uh, he helped get them going in, in the second half, and it's it's so important. I mean, we, we, we talked about this uh, the last two podcasts about uh, team captains and about leadership and about how many of the, the 49ers captains uh, have been injured. Um, George Kittle, uh, prime among them. Raheem Mostert uh, is another one. Trent Williams had missed the last game. Now we've got Jimmy Ward uh, out for, you know, it's probably going to be uh, a few games with, with a quad strain. So uh, the 49ers need to kind of figure out free safety, but um, it's another sort of uh, leadership uh, player, veteran player, who's not going to be in there. And so these other guys uh, have to compensate. Luckily, it looks as if uh, George Kittle will be back for this game. But uh, just to kind of swing it to uh, the non-defensive line part of the the defense, uh, 49ers didn't have Drake Greenlaw or... Aziz Al-Shair today, and uh, I felt like that was part of their issue in the middle, some missed tackles from those substitute linebackers, um, it, and it may be that uh, both of those guys are are back against the Cardinals, Greenlaw and Al-Shair. Um, the camera caught uh, Aziz a couple of times on the sideline. It looks like he's nearing uh, a comeback from his concussion that he suffered against the Colts. And then, uh, you know, the middle of the secondary is now hurt. Tart and Ward, your veteran safeties, uh, are probably going to be out for this Cardinals game. So uh, it makes Tavon Wilson, who, who made a little bit of a splash, probably the uh, listeners can remember us writing about Tavon Wilson in the, in the summer 
uh, sort of kind of faded into the background when Tart came back. But boy, I think they're really going to lean on him, Dennis, uh, in these upcoming games. Yeah, and it makes me wonder. I know the trade uh, deadline's coming up. Um, I don't think the 49ers, 49ers have much capital, but I mean, is this a time that you you know you see what's out there as far as you know a veteran cornerback? Or now, I guess you'd have to get some safeties. So. I mean, that, that, that's got to be on the table. I'm sure John Lynch is thinking about that. But, you know, it's, it's you know, who next man up. But the next man up, you know, has to play at a, at a super high level. The next tier has to play as well as the first tier. So, you know, you know again, it's, it's stuff to build on. I mean, you got a great taste in your mouth. I guarantee you that plane ride back here to the Bay Area is, is, is a good time. But, you know, the 49ers play good on the road. You just got to get a win at home. Would be nice. It feels like, you know, the we haven't won at home in a long time. And it'd be great to come back here. I don't wish bad things on anybody, but no JJ uh, and no Kyler Murray. I mean, you got to feel good about going into a practice week, getting a game plan together to play the Arizona Cardinals divisional game. Build on this. Be happy. Uh, you know, trade deadline is going to happen. Uh, and you know if you can if you can help your team get someone in here, you you, you got to keep that in mind also. Yeah, November second's the trade deadline, so that's coming up here uh, this week, as you said. And I don't think the 49ers uh, are in selling mode. That's for sure. I mean, <laughs> they're right in the playoff race, even after the four straight losses, just because there's a lot of mediocrity in the league. It's about you know cream rising to to, to the top, right? You you have to. Uh, try to be one of the teams that rises. And the 49ers aren't there yet by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but today showed, I think, that they have the potential to head in that direction. Uh, it, it really might start with the offensive line this year. Obviously, you, you need to have the quarterback play, but you just need – the Shanahan system is so based on rhythm and so based on this domino effect of you know intermingled stuff happening – uh, that when a couple things are off, the whole thing just seems like a disjointed mess and the 49ers might have seemed further away than they actually are. But today, especially in the second half, all their ducks fell in a row and they look good. They look like a team that can make a push and contend here. But we look forward, Matt. Um, you know, as Dennis was saying, you just got to keep on going. Arizona this week, potentially Colt McCoy game. That, <laughs> that would make the 49ers really happy. And then the Rams the week after that. That you know, I just look at this schedule looming. These two games at Levi Stadium, and uh, they're still what 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 I thought they'd be. They're still games where uh, the 49ers will tell us if they're contenders or pretenders. Uh, if you, if you could go through both the Cardinals and the Rams, regardless of who's playing quarterback, everybody's going to be calling you rightfully so a contender. And if you fall flat on your face, just as the 49ers have over the past year plus at home, they haven't won a home game since they beat the Rams back in early October of 2020. Well, if, if that happens, people are going to be calling you pretenders and you probably will deserve it. So a lot of this 2021 season uh, is going to be told, the story of it's going to be told over the next two Sundays. Or uh, is the Rams game on a Monday? Yeah, Monday night game. Yeah, next two weekends, a lot of this is going to be told. Uh, a disproportionate amount of the season will be told, I think, over the next two weeks. Yeah, I agree with you. And this Cardinals game is, is going to be a big one. I mean, the Cardinals just had their first loss of the season. Uh, I think there'll be a a storyline there that they're fighting against, which is, um, you know, is this the same old Cardinals, a team that kind of fades? 
how are they going to do if Murray's not there? I think there will be a circling the wagons effect uh, from Arizona, um, and uh, the, the 49ers will, will have to kind of keep it going. And then they've got the Rams, and then they've got uh, the Jaguars on the road, and the Jaguars have not been all that good. Another rookie quarterback at that point. So you survive this, and um, you, know, you, you beat the Cardinals in your 4-4. Four and four. And it's basically the midpoint of the season, and it's just a very kind of poetic place to be. It's it's sort of a clean slate. The last stretch of the season, if you you can make good with those last eight games, you're probably going to make the playoffs if you're the 49ers, and that's the way they have to look at it. It's the only way that they can look at it. But um, I think that uh, after this win against the Bears, you think, okay, it's possible. Yeah. One, one game at a time. Um, you know, one day coming in, getting better, finding something to get better. I heard secondary, we're doing some high point drills. I mean, maybe go back to fundamentals. Um, one game at a time. And, and you know what you're facing. You know, the, the Cardinals have a lot of confidence right now. They don't have their superstar quarterback, but they still have a lot of confidence, especially on the defensive side. So you take it one game at a time. And, you know, and don't don't it's it's tough as a player not to look at your record, but, you know, understand that, you know, you got some games what, what we got 10 games left now. So, you know, if you take it one game at a time you and you focus on something and you focus on getting better at things that, you know, may show up on the film defensive line. How am I going to get off my blocks? You know, linebackers, how am I going to read the play better? How am I going to flow better? Little things like that. Defensive backs. My technique has to be better. I can't grab guys. Little things like that will get you over the hump one game at a time and not focus on, you know, down the down the line. Can we make the playoffs? Just focus on those one games. Get better. You're at home. Uh, you have an opportunity to get back to 500. So, and it's a divisional game. If you can't get it for a div- divisional game, you're in a wrong sport. That's a great way to wrap it up. Just keep on building. This season is a novel. Every game is a chapter. Um, a lot of overreactions to the bad chapters and probably overreactions to the good ones, but I think we kept it in perspective. 49ers had to build on this good chapter, and they really needed a good chapter or it was going to turn into a really dark book. Um, you know, at, at 2-5 and five with the Cardinals and the Rams coming in, that it, it was going to get bad if they lost today, just given the mood and given the trajectory of the team. So they course correct it just in time. They're not in trouble right now as a team. I mean, if you're a 49ers fan, that, that should feel good to hear. The 49ers are not in trouble right now. They they, they control their destiny as far as a, a playoff berth is concerned. You, you win a lot, you're going to be in. Don't worry about that. But it's all still a long way away. And to really control their destiny, to really um, make sure this goes on the right path, that, that they have to fix a lot of things. So nobody's saying they're perfect. I mean, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people are saying they're perfect after this week because people overreact in one direction. I'm sure there's still a lot of people who are really ready to jump on them and say that everything's broken. The truth is somewhere in the middle. And the actual truth of where this season ends up will be determined by how this team is able to replicate the good stuff that it did today. So uh, that's it from a 49ers win. For Matt Barrows and for Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you this week before the 49ers host the Cardinals.